It's Thursday. That makes it another special edition of the Zogby Report, real and unscripted every week, pretty much since a very long time now. I think we're going on on four years, or is it five, Jared, that we've been doing this? It'll be, four, it'll be four in January. Okay, uh, but we've been doing this mainly on Fridays, but here and there when there's some breaking news, then we certainly uh, you know, want to get in uh, get in a special edition right away. And so I thought we would uh, talk about last Tuesday and this week and uh, the results of uh, a bunch of elections and what it portends for 2024. And to suggest to you as I open things up that there are really some uh, mixed signals for the Democrats here, yet some clues for 2024 that can't be ignored. None of these uh, are worth rendering a prediction over, but they're things to look out for. Mm -hmm. So first and foremost, as everyone else has suggested, I have no reason to to deny their thoughts, is that it was uh, Tuesday was a big night for Democrats uh, nationwide. The big elections that they were looking for, the Democratic incumbent Andy Bashir winning winning solidly in uh, scarlet red Kentucky. That was a, a good sign for Dems. At the same time, um, an actual constitutional amendment uh, allowing for the right to abortion in what has become red state Ohio and uh, a, a thumping, you know, uh, uh, for supporters of abortion rights, you know, almost 60% of the vote another good sign for the Dems. And then uh, in Virginia, Virginia has been for the most part in the last couple of decades, a major uh, swing state, but has been tilting red. And especially, you know, with the victory of Glenn Youngkin for governor uh, a couple of years ago, uh, if the Republicans had had a big day and taken over the state Senate, in Virginia, then we could expect to hear from Glenn Youngkin and the potential of his running for president. And that did not happen. The um, Dems held on to the Senate and they won the House of Delegates. And so uh, Virginia is looking like a swing state. Uh, there were other races here and there, uh, a good showing, but not enough by the Democrat in um in Mississippi, Elvis Presley's second cousin, uh, the Democrat Presley. But um, what emerged from Tuesday was that Democrats continue to have an issue since the Dodds uh, Supreme Court decision. That issue is the right to choose. It means that at least thus far in every election where abortion rights has been on the ballot since Dodds, the Democrats have won. Uh, it also means that they have won back the support of suburban women, suburban moms, who had tilted right in, uh, uh, in Glenn Youngkin's victory uh, in 2021 and, um, uh, you know, are back to, at least for now anyway, supporting uh, Democrats, Republicans kind of uh, against the wall on that issue. But that's the good news for the Democrats this week. 
There was also some very bad news for Democrats, and that is in the form of what everybody else is talking about, and that's the New York Times Siena polls, but then also a CNN poll to follow, and not inconsistent with our own internal polls, and that is that in five of six battleground states that Joe Biden won in 2020 against Donald Trump, he is now behind in a two-way race in five of those states. The only one uh, where he's leading and leading by two points is in Wisconsin. He's behind by as much as double digits in, um, in Arizona, I believe. That's one piece of the bad news. It's looking more and more like Democrats have a shot of having a good year in 2024, while Biden is looking to be a drag on the party going into 2024. And that now has induced, hasn't it, some bloodletting within the Democratic Party. Uh, no less a voice than the strategist architect of uh, David Axelrod suggesting that Biden should leave the ticket. No less a voice than Barack Obama, former president, um, and uh, uh, friend, at least on the surface, to Joe Biden, suggesting that this all be rethought. And then the third uh, piece of news that complicates um, 2024 is that New York Times, uh, CNN added uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. into their polls. And in, th those are not now national polls, but swing states polls that Biden won. And in every instance, Kennedy is polling a low of 19%, but as much as 25 and 26% in some states, pulling within single digits of Joe Biden in a, a few of those states, and importantly, leading among independents, more importantly, leading among voters under 45 years of age. So this is a complicated situation as we are now officially into the 2024 scenario. What do you think? Yeah. What, what should I pick up with? Um, let's talk about Tuesday, if you have any thoughts about Tuesday. Was that, in fact, as you see it, a big victory for Democrats for the most part? You know, I didn't see, in looking at the results, and I, I could be wrong about this, but I, I didn't see any, um, at least with Virginia and Kentucky, I didn't see any major implications of what's going to happen in 2024. Um, Ohio is is very important, and, and I have some polling data on that. Um, but I, I guess I'll just reiterate what you said about the New York Times polling. You know, I, I, I watched the timeline of it. It was fascinating. First, we saw the battleground state polls, polls released of just the two-way. And I yeah. was thinking to myself, I, I honestly didn't think that they had the three-way. And so I thought, well... You know that that's pretty. Um, you know, here we have a a, a a real a major contender that is Kennedy uh, in the independent run, and I, I thought they were ignoring it. But they started out with the head-to-head -head, Biden and Trump, and Trump clearly ahead. 
in in those polls. And then, as you said, David Axelrod coming out. Axelrod came out the next day after yes. the release of the two-way saying Biden's got to go. And then about a day or two later, sure enough, uh, the Siena Times poll did capture the three-way. And it was his highest was 24%, uh, the lowest at, at 19 and a handful of states at 21 and 22. Now, we were the first to to show nationally that um, Kennedy uh, has a shot. We Our, our polls uh, released in, in mid-September, this was the earliest one, uh, showed him with 19%. Um, and, you know, Biden and Trump in the mid to, to high 30s. And so a lot of other polls have confirmed this since his uh, announcement as an independent on October 9th, Quinnipiac uh, showing him at 22%, Harvard Caps showing him at 22%. Um, and then there is another one uh, showing him around that. So make no mistake about it, he's within striking distance uh, in a three-way, uh, at least with the popular vote, uh, all that is needed is is 34%. Um, putting that aside, and we'll continue to track that, of course, I want to touch on, on abortion because I, I think in, abortion is a, a major issue. I think it is it arouses the passions of voters on, on both sides of the aisles and intensely. But we must never forget when you stack rank all of the top issues, where does abortion fall? And I think there's a tendency in the national conversation to lose sight of this. Yes, abortion is is important. It's been with us for a while. It's a contentious, heated wedge issue. But when we look at it in the context of all the other issues, and we, we do have uh, an array of um, very key issues, what are we really going to see? Now, as um, a prelude to my showing this polling data, I want to remind our listeners that a similar conversation was happening leading up to the midterms in uh, 2022. And so many people were convinced that abortion played a role in uh, stalling uh, the, the red wave that was predicted that never came. And, and no, it, it wasn't. It, I, I don't think abortion had as, um, as much to do with that. In fact, our polling showed that it was the stances in the battleground states of, uh, of the Republicans, uh, the MAGA Republican candidates, who were using the talking points of election denial as a major platform you are that, right really, that really hurt them among independent voters. Because independent voters, uh, just by nature, uh, I don't think really cared about whether there was um, uh, election fraud or not. They were ready to move on and, you know, not get involved in that in that debate that was mainly happening between Democrats and Republicans. They didn't really have um, skin in that game, let's say. And and that turned them off. And that's why we had um, the, the red wave that never came. So what happens when we look at polling in late 2023 on the top issues? I'm, I'm going to share my screen here and I'm going to pull this up because this is important. Um, First and foremost, 
we are going to start here. Now, typically with this question, we do top two issues. What are your top two issues uh, that are most important in deciding how you vote today? I wanted to go with the most. Forget about the top two. What is the, the single most important issue that effectively determines how you decide to vote? And this poll, by the way, was early October. I don't think much has changed in the last month. But here we are. And this is no surprise, inflation and, and the economy, by a long shot, the most important issue, 39% among voters overall. The one that ranks as number two is securing the southern border at 8.7. So from 39 to 8.7, a 30-point lead, inflation has over the number two slightly less and that basically tied with the border is uh, climate change and the environment coming in at 8.1. So how about that mixed bag of issue for your top three ranking? Inflation yeah. in the economy, the Southern border and climate change. That's an interesting picture and a picture of the overall voters. Um, if we look at like party- pick up there if I could. I'd finish your point and then I'd like to pick up uh, well, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna continue on. So, so I'll, I'll turn it back over to you when, uh, when, when I'm done. But um, among Democrats, 34% inflation in the economy. Well, well, back up. Where is abortion falling? Six percent. Uh, not even in the top three among Democrats. It is uh, 34% say inflation and the economy. 14% say climate change. That's the second ranking issue in terms of most importance, how they decide to vote. And then mass shootings, number mm -hmm. three, and then number four, uh, abortion and healthcare. So it's not even breaking top three among Democrats. I'm not saying it's not an important issue. I'm just saying I don't think that it drives as much as we think when we mix in all the other issues. I'll look at independence, 39%, um, abortion, uh, reaches ties um, for actually it comes in at number three, but still 7.7%. And so now what I want to do is I want to look at for those who picked the issue uh, as their top pick, what stance do they have, right? Because we're, we're just talking issues right now. So let's drill down to stances for each of these issues. And uh, I'm going to have to pull up another window. So for those who chose the economy as their top issue, which were um, a plurality of voters, uh, whether it was affordable housing that impacts them most, the rising cost of food and energy, job insecurity, high interest rates, access to credit, medical bills and prescription drugs, or the cost of child care, 71% said the one um, single part of that, of uh, inflation that impacts them most, is the rising cost of food and energy. Now I want to go to abortion. If you chose abortion as your top pick, uh, which, which, where do you stand? Do you think uh, it should be legal in all instances? Do you think it should be legal in all instances, but not funded by the government? Do you think only legal in, in, in cases of incest or rape? 
Uh, do you think it should be banned after six weeks or should not be legal in any case? Now, this is all of the folks who chose it as their top issue. 63%, a whopping 63% say it should be legal in all instances. And this is my final point. What we learned from Ohio, what we learned from this polling is abortion does not make the top three issues among voters. But for those who, who, you know, who, who, who say this is the most important issue, it is by far and uh, by far and away driven by those who think it should be legal across the board. And you do have Republicans who believe that. You do have independents who believe that. And you certainly have a lot of Democrats who believe that. All of which is to say the Republican Party going forward, taking the lesson from Ohio, are going to have to adjust. And they're going to have to meet voters where voters are at because most voters. Uh, I think the data is clear, and Ohio tells us it's clear, think that abortion should be legal in all cases, and there's going to have to be some compromising on the issue. We can't, we can't have the, the extremes. Um, let me turn it back to you. Okay, so it is a driving issue, and it's a driving issue in particular for the Democratic Party, and it's uh, not a winning issue for Republicans. You talk about adjustment. Uh, last night was, of course, the Republican debate among five contenders. And we saw for the second time, we, actually, we saw for the third time that consensus is that Nikki Haley won the, the debate, all three. And last night we saw for the second time the adjustment that she is making in the language on abortion to appeal, you know, with a, a sort of pragmatism to those who are pro-choice to uh, women in general. But a further and final point that I want to make is that in another sign from the polling that's been done, we've mentioned many times the Obama winning coalition that uh, was striking in, in 2008, pretty much held in 2012, and then lost out in 2016 and regained for Joe Biden in 2020. And that's where Biden seems to have his greatest challenges. So, for example, he always had 60% of voters uh, on uh, 18 to 34 years of age. He is now polling dismally, leading by simply one point uh, over uh, uh, Donald Trump uh, among that young group of voters. Um, uh, Joe Biden able to get well over... Uh, two-thirds of the Hispanic vote in, in 2020, and now leading by one point over Donald Trump. Uh, and among blacks, Democrats got to get 90-plus percent. Obama got 96 and then 93 percent of a heightened turnout in his elections. Biden did well, 89 uh, percent in, uh, in 2020. But right now, Blacks are very, very anemic in their support. In fact, Donald Trump uh, in a head-to-head -head polling, 22% among blacks. So as we focus on just about a year from today, the Democrats have some making up to do. They appear to do pretty well among the Obama-Biden coalition in, um, 
in uh, local races, in statewide races, but it's Joe Biden uh, and his age and other issues, not the least of which is uh, in the Middle East right now, where he's bleeding support among key elements of this coalition. Well, I'll just build on that. It, it's it's his age is is a, a major a driving factor. Um, I, I, foreign policy probably has to do with it. Um, you know, maybe with some independents, it's it's uh, and not so much Democrats. Um, it's it's the the notion of this. Hunter Biden and the Biden crime family, which is picking up steam um, and actually now a part of the national conversation legitimately, uh, which it wasn't months ago. But I think even bigger than that, what Biden is going to do, what is going to undo Biden is the continuation to tout the Biden economy as 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 something of a, a, a great thing, a good thing or a victory. And you have to understand that the only thing that can boast that are the BLS data, the Bureau of Labor uh, Statistics data, which most Americans do not buy. Most Americans are not going to go to the establishment survey and the household survey uh, put out by the BLS and say, well, well you know what, my pocketbook uh, may be telling a different story and my receipts are telling a different story. And certainly my kids aren't getting you know, uh, the same kind of um, lifestyle or have the same kind of lifestyle that we had two, three years ago. Oh, and by the way, uh, more and more middle, middle class families are renting homes because they can't afford uh, mortgages and they, they can't afford uh, a middle class lifestyle. No data is going to tell uh, or convince voters that um, the, the story is otherwise. Meanwhile, Biden has... Uh, pinned himself against the wall into a corner. He cannot drop the issue. He has to continue uh, to drive that point, but it ain't going to work. All right. So let's um, let's leave on this note. Um, who's going to win in 2024? One word. Oh, boy. I don't know. We, we, we need to do we, I we need to do a lot more polling. Yeah. That's all I need to um, say. Yeah, I, I honestly don't know either, but I'm wondering if there actually will be a Trump versus Biden versus Kennedy race in 2024. I'm not sure of that either. So I'm going to leave on that note. Well, I, I, I have to follow up. I can't I can't just accept that. I is which part of the equation are you not sure about Biden being in there or There's Trump being in there or? There's a lot going on um, in, uh, in both parties right now. And uh, this is certainly not a prediction. This is in that category of I'm just not sure. And I'm just not sure that two old guys can sustain the huge leads that they currently have within their own parties. Remember, it, it just took chiseling away at LBJ and, and he was gone. And, um, you know, re, uh, uh, Democrats have a history of chewing up and spitting out their front runners uh, in, in many instances. I, 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 I honestly, I'm being very honest. I just don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
I, I agree with you. I, I, I don't see, I don't see how, how Biden stays in number one. Um, Trump has proven himself. I mean, he's dominating in all the polls. Uh, I think the RCP average has him in the forties ahead of everybody. I, I don't see that. We see Kennedy on the rise, um, with, especially with this time Siena poll, as I said, he's, he's within striking distance. Uh, what happens over the next year? Well, what we've learned is overnight, the world can change. And uh, yes. that happened in 2020. Uh, the war in Ukraine kind of had that similar sense of some kind of nuclear Armageddon or, or fear of it. Now people are worried about World War III with uh, the Middle East war or spiraling out of control. Uh, we don't know what, what's in the bag for us, and, and all those things um, can have an effect. So we'll just keep tracking it. So to you out there, the many of you that choose to listen, to read, or to watch, uh, let us know what you think. Jared, tell them how to get in touch with us. Yeah, you could simply go to our website, www.johnsogbystrategies.com. Hit the contact button if you want to get in touch with us. If you um, want to forward how uh, to, to, to other people, you, you, some of your friends and family, you think need to hear this, uh, we think they should, uh, please send them to our website and tell them to go to the contact page where they can subscribe to our podcast. Just put in your name and your email and you'll get it delivered to your inbox and uh, check back regularly to see any analysis that we have. It's either going to be this podcast every week or it's going to be some data that we release. Okay, there you have it. Good week. Some disagreement. We'll see you the next time. There certainly will be breaking news to be sure. Bye-bye. Yes. Yep. Bye.